G'day, welcome to another massive edition of VFL 23. We're rocking and rolling through the pre-season. My name's Chris Yendi and I'm joined by the great man, not in the flesh this week, Brendan Jonty Rhodes. Rhodesy, uh, you're back in Victoria, mate. Um, how did you cope with the hot and chaos up here in southeast Queensland? Ah, well, it was certainly humid enough, that was for sure. <laughs> but no, no, it was absolutely fantastic to be there. Um, just just one small issue with a few friends that I managed to pick up, if you can see that, at a, uh, at a uh, certain accommodation establishment in Southport South. But um, that's about all we need to say. No, it was, it was absolutely fantastic to be up there. Great, as we said, uh, hospitality from the Sharks. And we're back in our boring lounge rooms again now and yeah ready to crank up with what are we nine days to go to the first game absolutely it's coming up so so quick and it started uh, in a blaze of glory earlier on this week where we had the vfl launch over at icon park and it was just exciting to see the captains from the vfl and vflw programs and some of the umpires getting down there and being a part of all of this festivities to build up to a big season ahead yeah, absolutely wonderful to see, and you know, a couple, couple of guest speakers, which was great. One of which was the new Bullants coach, Brody Holland, who who basically said they've had a player turnover of 26 from last year to this year in a squad of 44, uh, I think it is. So it's completely new look Northern Bullants team. So you know, we need to show a bit of patience with them, but yeah, they've had a pretty good preseason so far. So. Uh, hopefully they can do well, but but yeah, no, it's always a great uh, great night there at uh, at Icon Park or wherever it's held to you know to get everyone together and crank it up for the start of the season, which is, which is getting very very close now. One of the things I do love uh, that we see is just the uh, the, the Premiership flag uh, handed over at that uh, point in time. I did see some footage on the socials there, and I think it's just something special to be recognised amongst all the the peers, uh, the, the captains of the opposition, and I think there's a provides a little bit more spice to go, oh, the captains are there going, I want to be able to be in that situation in 12 months' time. I think it's a really good way to take the premiership flag from the previous uh, year's win and uh, in front of all the opposition captains. I think that's just a good way to uh, spice up the year. Certainly fuel the hunger, wouldn't it? That, that's for sure, and it'll it'll fuel the hunger a little bit more when it uh, when it rises up the flagpole at Casey Fields next Saturday afternoon against against Footscray. Absolutely, it's going to be a fantastic game. But there's still and, uh, and of course and of course, sorry, the Essendon game as well. It's still going to be a little bit the game as well. That's uh, that's going to be very uh, very special. I know with uh, with uh, with the mighty bombers, uh, I've got the Guernsey hanging up in the background, and Rhodesy and I are going toe to toe this week too because uh, he's a Sydney fan. I'm um, I'm wearing the Gold Coast top. I've somewhat of, you know, moved to the region. I've adopted them as my second favourite team, so I'm I'm displaying one of their shirts uh, today during the uh, the broadcast. In fact, it was my housewarming present to myself. The day I got the keys was the day that the uh, the shirt was there, right as well. And I know I cannot wait personally to get out to Heritage Bank on April 2 and uh, and and call the big game between Gold Coast and Geelong. I think that's going to be um, very special in the VFL early start that one, but trying to get a bit for that. But uh, we did see some VFLW action on the weekend, mate. Uh, talk us through what happened and, and who were some of the standout performers. Yeah, uh, five VFLW games in the in the Rebel competition, uh, the pre-season on the weekend. And uh, 
The big winner, you would have to say, was the Box Hill Hawks. Put simply, after beating the grand finalist Southern Saints last week, they've now beaten the Premiers in Essendon. Uh, in a in a comprehensive game, in the end, uh, they they led by they led by a point at quarter time, seven at half time. They blew out to a seventeen point lead at three quarter time. Uh, the Bombers came charging back with the first two goals of the last quarter, got within five, and as we spoke about last week, uh, when Essendon gets on a roll, they're very very hard to stop. They just know how to win. Uh, but the Hawks had the answers and uh, late goals to Matty Boyd and Amanda Tassari meant that Box Hill got up by 11 points, uh, 7-5-47 to 6 straight 36. So good kicking from, from the Bombers. But uh, the Hawks, very happy, I would say, to come out of their preseason uh, campaign with, uh, with two wins over last year's grand finalists, having been rated so highly under the Hawthorne banner last year before falling away in the finals. Uh, Boyd herself finished with four goals in a best-on-ground display. So so some promising signs there for the Hawks. And, and have, as I said, a very good result for them. Absolutely. It sounds fantastic. Uh, and, and, and obviously, too, I mean, people read what they want to in practice matches. But I think well, what we're seeing at Box Hill this year, we're, we've, we've seen Hawthorne being put in lights uh, of the AFLW team with the gun recruits that they've got on board for next year, or sorry, for next season, with a couple of uh, premiership players coming across. If you're a Box Hill fan, you're very excited about what's going to happen around your footy club this year, particularly in the women's space, aren't you? Regardless of whether whether it's practice matches or or the season proper. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, while we're talking about the Box Hill Hawks, actually, uh, we do have some horrible news, which has only just broken this morning uh, with the Hawks. Uh, They have lost... Their, their key centre-half back recruit from the Northern Bull Ants in Bend of Bolfo and also their most, uh, their most exciting forward in Ben Kavara, uh, who have both injured ACLs and, and will miss the season. Um, both those injuries have happened at training uh, over, the, over the past period of time. So horrible news for the Hawks to lose those two players. And, and Box Hill, we'll talk more about them in the season preview next week. But with Fergus Green now likely to be playing a fair bit of football for Hawthorne with Mitch Lewis up there being out for a few weeks, that's potentially 90 goals out of the Box Hill forward line. And yeah, so we, we certainly send our thoughts to the two Bens and the, and the guys at the Box Hill footy club as they, uh, you know, as they prepare for their, their recoveries and a long 2023 season in the, in the rehab ward. Yeah, it's certainly going to be tough for them, and hopefully they can still be involved in the footy club. It's a, as you hear about with a lot of stories with uh, significant injuries in this capacity that there's a lot of uh, a, a lot of work done on your own to uh, to recover during rehab, and you hear that particularly in the AFL circles is that you you watch all your teammates out on the you know, out on the track doing their bits, and you've got your program that you need to adhere to. So it's a very um, it's a very tough life. Um, We'll we'll turn our attention back to the VFLW with some of the other games you had on the weekend. We uh, we spoke about Box Hills uh, win over Essendon. What else did we have take place over the weekend? Uh, the preliminary final rematch took place. Um, obviously, a practice match, so a little bit less riding on it than than the last time they met. But the Casey Demons uh, took on the Southern Saints, and uh, and the Saints, of course, who came from fifth last year to make the grand final, they knocked out the Hawks. They knocked out the Demons on the way. They've now lost to both of those teams in the in the preseason. Casey uh, coming from uh, 
22 to 24 points down at three-quarter time, kicking three goals to one in the last quarter and getting up by eight. So Casey, 6-5-41, defeated the Southern Saints, 5-3-33. So after going down to Essendon by a point last week, the Demons have bounced back with a win over the Saints. So they'll be pretty confident, the preliminary finalists heading into the season as well. Um, Geelong, their accuracy was a was a real key factor. They beat the Western Bulldogs. Same number of scoring shots down at Deakin University. Geelong 6-2-38 over the Bulldogs 2-6-18. Uh, the, the Bulldogs, however, they had some, they had a bit they could take out of it. They kicked two goals at two to nothing against Geelong in the third quarter. So for a team that uh, didn't win a game last year and and left the season with a percentage on the ladder of around about 16. It's those little wins that they can that they can use to build on uh, heading into this year under under the new captain in uh, in Mary Sandrell, and we certainly wish her all the best. I I uh, am a friend of the family, Mary Sandrell from the uh, from the town of Oakland. She's the Sandrells are actually legendary football people uh, up that way, and in fact. Um, her, let me get this right, her great-grandfather, Jim, was a member of the Melbourne Premiership teams in the, in the late 1950s. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's a, really good, um, a really good pedigree there. Uh, Uncle Dennis played over 300 Ovens and Murray games for Corowa Rutherglen and is, and is a legend there. Um, and Anthony, her father... Uh, a very, very good player uh, as well for uh, in Ovens and Murray football and and in the old Kareen League. So she's carrying on the on the tradition there. So good luck to Mary and, and congratulations to everyone from Oakland's and the and the Sandrell family there. A little bit of little bit of uh, name dropping there, I suppose you could call, call it. But yeah, she's a she's know your footy, mate. Exactly, she's a she's a key forward there at the Dogs. Um, and yeah, so we we certainly hope she goes well in that role. Uh, Carlton and Collingwood took pl- took on each other at Icon Park. It was the Blues all the way, uh, knocking off a finals bound team, a finals team from last year, and the premiers from the or they would have been the premiers from the year before, I believe, if the grand final had have gone ahead. Uh, Carlton six five forty one defeating Collingwood three three twenty one. They they led by thirteen points at quarter time and never looked back. So cruising through to a good victory there. And the most impressive team in the preseason has been Williamstown, who finished second last last year, just the two and a half wins. They've had another big win on Friday night against the arch rivals in Port Melbourne. Uh, the Borough, uh, who had a good win themselves last week over Darabin, no match for the Seagulls on Friday night. Williamstown 8-7-55, defeating Port Melbourne 3-3-21. So, so some really good confidence to take into the season for Williamstown. Super exciting stuff for them. And again, as we praise the, all the great work they did last year on YouTube, it was good to go through the uh, off-season and sit back and watch some VFLW footy and uh, some of their highlights across the year. Have we got some games taking place this weekend, mate? I know we're, I think we're... we're but we're obviously only a week and a bit away from uh, from the season starting itself. But have we got teams hitting the track this weekend? Uh, it's a bit Just of a last one tune-up. in the VFLW. Yep. Uh, interestingly enough, and and that is the Western Bulldogs who are playing their second practice match only. Their first one was against Geelong last week. They are taking on the team we were just talking about in Williamstown. Yep. Uh, that is at an old VFA 
iconic venue of Skinner Reserve in Braybrook, oh, nice. uh, the old ground of the Sunshine Crows back in the day. Uh, it's it's had a big refurbishment. The Western Bulldogs are training there at the moment while the uh, while Whitten Oval itself gets redone. Uh, and the Bulldogs slash Footscray are having a double header of practice matches there this weekend. 10.30 on Saturday morning, Western Bulldogs versus Williamstown at Skinner Reserve. So if you're in the area, get out there and have a look at that one uh, before the men. Uh, an actual round one preview, would you believe? You don't see that very often. Footscray taking on Casey Demons. Uh, that is at 2.30 at the same venue. So plenty of footy at Skinner Reserve. But yeah, the only only the one VFLW game uh, in the last week before the season. Sound, sound, sound sensational, mate. That's uh, super exciting. And for those who are joining us, we do appreciate your support uh, over the last four weeks. We're into episode five now, I think. Uh, you can now listen to us on iTunes now. We've got that fired up during the week. Uh, Spotify, all the others, iHeartRadio, plenty of other streaming platforms as we look to expand and grow this product. And we do appreciate the support of those actively going out of their way to engage uh, with the, the work that we're trying to do to help elevate and promote the VFL and VFLW programs. We're doing this to show some, uh, you know, show some great support for the teams that uh, really need it. And we're all geared up and really encouraged about uh, the support that we've got and, and looking for a big season ahead. VFL practice matches, mate. It all started with uh, with Port Melbourne and Carlton, and what an interesting contest that ended up being. Uh, particularly uh, given the Port Melbourne only just got over the line. Yeah, last kick of the game uh, by reports from the uh, from the Blues socials. It was a it was a tight game, a low scoring game in difficult conditions last Thursday night at Icon Park. Uh, Port Melbourne did their best to kick themselves out of the game. Uh, it must be said, especially uh, especially in the second quarter, I think it was they kicked one. Oh, they kicked two goals, ten to half time, uh, and at that stage they led by four points. Uh, it looked like Carlton was getting on top in the third quarter. They got themselves to a couple of point lead, four seven to three eleven. But it was the Borough who had the answers with that late, with that late goal, 5-13-43 over Carlton, 5-8-38. Uh, the Borough didn't record uh, any details for themselves of that game, unfortunately. But Blues fans will be very happy to know that the best four players on the ground uh, were their returning AFL-listed players from injury in Mitch McGovern, who dominated across half-back, Mark Pitnett, who was in, uh, very impressive in the ruck. Uh, Jack Martin, who played on the ball, looked very good and kicked a goal. And, uh, and the youngster in Josh Honey, who kicked a couple of goals as well. So so some good signs there for Carlton uh, as they move into the season, despite not getting the money. Southport uh, took on Palm Beach Corumbin in uh, Palm Beach Corumbin's first hit-out for season 2023 in their practice matches in uh, the AFL Queensland competition, or QAFL. 
Steamy night last Thursday night over at the tank in Southport, 18-3, 111 to 6-6-42. And I say steamy night because it was about 28 degrees and 70% humidity at least for the majority of that game. So very, very tough conditions, even for from Queensland perspective and uh, being night footy. And um, I... I had the pleasure of going down there watching the game, mate, and I spent most of the time dodging the Beatles uh, that were trying to hit the light tower. So it was uh, that gave you an idea of what the conditions are like, but it was super hot out there. But Southport, mate, did not find kicking all too terrible despite the uh, slippery conditions. Yeah, eight, 18 goals, three, 111. That, that's a fantastic uh, sign that they can kick so so well, especially when so many other teams... Uh, didn't do so well with their accuracy. I think, you know, I'm, if I'm scanning through the through the results, uh, mm-hmm. the Casey Demons, Casey Demons, and uh, North Melbourne and Essendon out of uh, uh, 16 teams to play uh, were the only ones to kick more goals than behind. So to kick 18-3 uh, is a is a wonderful effort, and it's it shows the depth of Southport, doesn't it? Because apart mm-hmm. from the the returning big man in Fraser Thurlow, they pretty much played uh, their young development team. Uh, Noah Bradshaw, the son of Daniel, who came up from Collingwood, he kicked a couple of goals, looked very good from all reports. Um, so that that's a, that's a good sign for them. A young fella by the name of Finch kicked three as well, and I heard may have played himself onto the list, yep. which, which is what that game was all about. Uh, but yeah, good good signs for Southport winning by sixty nine points. As I said, eighteen three one eleven to six six forty two. But I'm sure the Lions would have got plenty out of it as well. Yeah, they certainly did. Uh, they had some uh, names returning to the well, actually playing in the fold that day. Uh, we saw. Uh, Spud Frawley running around and, uh, and David Armitage. Also, want to give a shout out to uh, to Harry Law, who kicked the goal there for the Sharks. He also he was another one of the players, the young guns, playing his way on the list. He uh, got some really good tutelage last year under Nick Malcheski over at Labrador after crossing up from the uh, the Central Victorian region. So, in the space of uh, well, sort of twelve to fifteen months, he's turned his life around in the sense that. He's played his way into a VFL list after playing country footy in Victoria. So you always like hearing little success stories like that. Uh, Sandringham, 12-14-86, defeated Richmond 8-8-56. I'll be uh, seeing Sandringham in action in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, what do you read out of that game, mate? Uh, an extremely good result for the Zebras, mm. uh, this one. Richmond, uh, ne- neither team played any AFL-listed players. Um, so whether you take a lot of it, uh, you know, going forward into the season. Mm-hmm. But for Sandringham, this is the side that they're going to be fielding a fair bit throughout the season, given that St Kilda has 14 players on their on their injury list already. So they're not, St Kilda is not going to be able to supply a lot to Sandringham. So to see the young Zebras fire up and, and get the job done in convincing fashion, mind you, uh, they led. They led by two goals at quarter time, two goals at half time, four goals at three quarter time, and one by five. So, uh, extended. Just looking at quickly, yeah, they won every quarter. Extended their lead at every change. Twelve fourteen eighty six to eight eight fifty six. So, yeah. Again, I don't have any details about who played well for the Zebras. They're not. They're another club that doesn't that doesn't really record them. It's something where. We're working on to, to fix up before the preseason games take place next year. But 
uh, getting the results up on vfl.com.au for the first time uh, as well, which we didn't do previously. We've got a step forward and we'll have another step forward uh, into next year. Um, yeah, so a very good result for Sandringham. Richmond, however, couldn't be disappointed either. Lachlan Johnson, the son of the Brisbane Lions premiership legend in Chris, mm-hmm. spent a couple of years on Essendon's AFL list without playing a game, crossed to Richmond last year. They've repurposed him as a forward uh, this season and he's kicked four goals in this game. So so a good sign for him. And uh, young the young centre-half back in uh, Mutaz El-Noor, who's crossed from the Northern Bull Ants, was another one to really impress uh, for the Tigers. Sensational. I want to make a point of Sandringham too, uh, with St Kilda's list being depleted even before the Round 1 uh, action this weekend. It provides some great opportunities for the local players around the Sandringham region through the local competitions. I think there might be the Southern Footy League down there and, and some of the surrounding leagues yes. to get the opportunity to play in a VFL environment and, and some of them might be able to sustain themselves a little bit longer so that they're, as we speak about, St Kilda's injury list gets gets a little bit uh, you know problematic um, in the mid-season and we see some of these players from the local leagues start to impress and there's a couple of spots available, then you just never know. Someone from the Southern Footy League could very well be playing for the St Kilda Footy Club in the, in the, the back half of the year. It's a bad situation, um, but also a good situation for the club to, for, for some of the younger players to get more senior experience at AFL level while bringing people up, players up from the uh, local leagues as well to have that VFL exposure. Because as, as we've talked about at length, th- there is a lot of more players getting drafted through the VFL system than, than probably ever before, particularly over the last sort of 12 to 18 months. And Yeah, exactly. And these players at the top end of the Southern League and also the Southern base clubs in the VAFA uh, down around that area, we know how good the Bo Morris footy club is at, at producing players. Uh, they're, they're just around the corner from Sandringham. Um, they've got, I, I think, just off the top of my head, they might even have double figures on AFL lists mm. at the moment. Or, or certainly not far from it. So these guys are seeing, and Cheltenham, Chelton just down the road, five players on VFL lists this year. They that those lists can improve and and can lift. And and yeah, you're exactly right. There'll be mid-season draft uh, potential available if they come into Sandringham or Frankston and, and get an opportunity and play some good footy. Absolutely. And if you're the St Kilda Footy Club, well, you've got these players uh, training at the club, so you've got them right under your nose, uh, which is a good sign, and again, something we've, we've spoken about at that length over the journey. Uh, we'll, we'll sort of push through the next one, next few ones pretty uh, pretty quickly, mate, but uh, Williamstown had a solid win over Box Hill Hawks uh, by 61 points, and you mentioned earlier the, the unfortunate injuries for the Hawks uh, that'll derail some of their progress this season with some of their stars going down with injuries. Yeah, agree with that. Uh, Williamstown outstanding in this game. Uh, against the Hawks. The Hawks had three AFL-listed AFL players, uh, not necessarily... Um, they, their guys are hoping to play in round one. That's why they that's why they played for an extra run uh, in uh, Cooper Stevens, who came across from Geelong. Um, Emerson Jecker mm-hmm. uh, was another one as well. Uh, yeah, so they, they played... They, did all right from all reports, but Williamstown in dominant form, 15-16-106 to the Hawks, 6-9-45. Corey Ellison, the premiership fullback from the Casey Demons, played forward, 
as he did, I think, once. He kicked six goals in a half once for the Casey Demons. He kicked three in the first quarter and four for the game in this in, in this contest. So, uh, terrific player, can be used at both ends of the ground, and he's going to add another dimension to Williamstown uh, in a best-on-ground effort. Ben Andrews out of the Sandringham Dragons, too. Very good in defence for the Seagulls. Um, for the... Sorry, I was just going to move straight through to the through to the next game where uh, Casey Demons played a played a development team uh, against Coburg, a, a young under twenty threes lineup, uh, and again they put in a strong performance. Coburg will feel they should have won this game. They had uh, twenty four scoring shots to seventeen, but but blazed away and in the in the usual windy conditions out at Casey Fields and. Uh, and missed their opportunity. Casey got away with an eight-point win, 10-7-67 to the Lions, 7-17-59. So there's the big difference between Southport 18-3, Coburg 7-17. You'd hope that they get that a little bit better off once you you get into the season. Um, Muley kicking three goals. Tommy Sheridan, another guy who's come in from local footy this year, got his opportunity, kicked a couple, looked very good uh, as well. Uh, for Coburg, young Sam Mason, another key forward out of local footy, kicked a couple. Uh, Jesse Corigliano, the new captain, and Braden Gillard, I think, runner-up in the best and fairest last year, first and second in the best and fairest. They were the best two players on the ground for Coburg, uh, as was uh, Flynn Gentilly was in there as well. So um, Coburg would be happy enough, but just with a bit to clean up in front of goals. Fantastic. Uh, it's, it's, it's what you go through the, with the practice match phase. Uh, Werribee, 16-point winners over Geelong. Yeah, good result again for the Tigers. Coming from behind at three-quarter time, a couple points down, they kicked four goals to one in the last quarter, which is a good sign for them down at GMHBA Stadium. 7-11-53 over the Cats, 5-7-37. Sam Pia kicked a couple of goals. Jack Henderson, Kai DeClace, Tom Gribble, the usual suspects leading the way for Werribee. Uh, Jordan Burke, who I'm not sure, but might be son of uh, David, who played for the Cats back in the 90s. He was their best player. Oscar Morrison, who's come home from Port Melbourne, very good as well. North Melbourne for the second week in a row, this time with a new both both teams playing without their without a lot of their AFL listed players. But the Kangaroos beat Footscray for the second week in a row, 15-12-102 to 10 goals, 12-72. They did the damage in the third quarter uh, when they kicked six goals uh, to three to run away with that one. Uh, Young fella, Hope, kicked three goals. But their AFL-listed players that did line up were their best. Uh, Aiden Kaur, Dan Howe, Curtis Taylor, Aaron Hall coming back from injury. And Taron Thomas played pretty well also and has been cleared of ankle damage after limping off the ground late in the game. Uh, One more before we head to the break. It was a big week of practice matches and it was an easy win for Essendon over Frankston out at the hangar on Saturday. 14 goals, 8-92 to 6-10-46. A 46-point win there for the Bombers. They did the damage with six goals to two in the first quarter. And then with the wind again in the third quarter, they kicked another six goals to one. So that was where the difference was. Frankston fought the game out well with Trent Minot uh, being their best player. Will Fordham in his first game for the season after off-season knee surgery. He kicked a couple and got through and looked all right as well. Matt Welfie 
who's trying to force his way into the round one team for Essendon was the Bombers' best player. Sensational. And uh, I'll have a look at the, uh, the, before we go to the break, I'll have a look at the week four fixture of practice matches. Uh, Starting on Thursday night uh, as, a, as a curtain raiser to the big stuff at the MCG. But Richmond v Carlton over at Punt Road, that kicks off at 4pm. So if you're heading over the G, make sure you duck over to Punt Road. Just right there in that uh, MCG for, uh, sanctum there. You can go and check that out. So get bang for your buck there. Uh, Saturday, a whole range of matches. North v Williamstown over at Arden Street from 10am. Brisbane Lions v Southport Sharks over at Springfield from 12 p.m. A game that was rescheduled. Correct, and that was changed uh, during the week. Sandringham v Werribee over at Moorabbin from 2 p.m. Collingwood v Geelong over at AIA Centre from 2. Frankston Academy v Bo Morris over at uh, Seaford from 12 p.m. And that will be followed by Frankston v the Northern Bull Ants from the, uh, the, the senior side from 2.30 p.m. Footscray v Casey. Before you go any further. Sorry, sorry, Uni. We'll, do, we'll, we'll just talk about that one. The original schedule uh, did have Frankston playing Bo Morris. They've slotted in the uh, the second game. So the seniors, as you said, play the Bull Ants at 2.30. The, the Frankston-Bow Morris game was going to be at two. That's come forward to 12, as you as you just mentioned. So so get out there early. The Frankston Academy is a great initiative. We'll, we'll actually talk about that at some stage during the season and uh, and give them a bit of a plug because it's a it's a it's a great thing they're doing that's going to set up. Absolutely, and if it's uh, and going by any of the success that we've seen over the last 12 months with so many players getting put onto AFL lists, it's certainly an initiative worth enjoying. Footscray v Casey Demons over at Braybrook at 2:30 p.m. in the uh, in the fixture, the double header that uh, Rosie alluded to earlier. Gold Coast v the Sydney University over at Oswald Centre from 3 p.m. And on Sunday, just a couple of games, GWS v the Sydney Swans over at Tom Wills Oval at Sydney Olympic Park from 9:30, and the Bombers v the Hawks over at the Hangar from 10 a.m. Stick around and join us after the break. And it's all thanks to you guys here as a VFL 23. Make sure you catch us on uh, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all the other streaming platforms. We'll be back after this break. to VFL 23 and for those who are joining us for the first time we appreciate your company uh, wherever you may be consuming this uh, this this platform uh, a couple of weeks ago we looked at the first six teams of the VFLW competition now we're going to look at the second lot of the uh, of the teams as we gear up for a big season of the VFLW and Rosie we're going to look at Geelong talk us through about what we're going to expect from them who's Who's coaching and what's uh, what's their season looking like this year? An interesting one for Geelong. They finished, I think, fourth after the home and away season. They were the first victim of the Southern Saints' amazing run through the through the finals from fifth to the decider. Uh, they so they ended up fifth at the end of last year, which puts them into that middle bracket of teams in the fixture. So they will play Collingwood, Darabin, and North Melbourne twice. 
uh, Elise Coventry, uh, and a, a terrific AFLW footballer for Geelong and VFLW before that. Uh, she takes the reins as coach for her first season in charge. Uh, they've got themselves a good draw to start. They'll be confident of, start, of getting off to a good start, potentially uh, even winning the first six games mm-hmm. uh, if, if they can get themselves off to a good start. Um, but the rest of the season is, is when it gets a little bit tougher. Uh, they play North Melbourne at home in round one, Carlton away, Darabin. So the first three games are against non-finalists from last year. Uh, they have a good record against the Southern Saints, and then they take on the Bulldogs and the Kangaroos again. So, so that that's the that's the fixture they'd be looking at before they before they run into uh, Essendon, Casey, Box Hill, Collingwood a couple of times later on in the year. Um, no, I see. I see they'll be they'll be definitely around the mark again. They've they've recruited a couple of AFL AFLW players. Um, yeah, I think I. Not sure whether they're taking the next step mm-hmm. up the table, but they'll be somewhere around that mark again of um, three to probably seven or eight. They'll be they'll be hard to beat down there at at uh, Deakin University, that's for sure. It's imperative for this club to start strongly. If they can get five wins in the first six weeks, then that might build them up with some momentum and confidence to be able to tackle and maybe even beat a lot of the teams ahead of them in the back end of the season. So. The way to judge this team is how they start, and if they build up that momentum, they could very well surprise the competition and maybe contend for a, even a top four spot. Yeah, exactly right, and that and that's what you you really need. It's an interesting fixture. The top two have a have a significant advantage, but if you, if you can get yourself into the into first or second, you're guaranteed a double chance. If you get yourself into third and win the first final, then you pick up the double chance in the second week of the top six system. So some would say that that third is is just as valuable, if maybe even more so than second, um, even though there is the possibility of being eliminated in week one if uh, if the bottom three teams all get up. North Melbourne will be led into the season 2023 under Steph Binder, who is in her second season. The Roos finished seventh last year with a record of six and eight. How do you see them heading into this year? Uh, again, as with Geelong, it's the first half of the year that will that will decide how they go. They've they've done pretty well in the practice matches so far. They're in that same group with the Cats, as I said, Collingwood, Darabin, Geelong in that middle group. Um, if they can get past that round one game against Geelong down there, um, they could even look at reaching seven zero. Mm. Although the, the second the second week is now not looking like um, a win that they that they could have penciled in with Williamstown having such a great start, uh, you know, preseason comp. Western Bulldogs, Carlton, Darabin, and then Geelong again, and then Port Melbourne. So the first half of the season, the Cats twice are the only team they play that made the finals last year. So that's that's where they need to make hay, Steph Binder's team. Um, so that the, the second half of the year, a yeah, bit tougher. The last three games, however, are at home. So uh, Southern Saints, Darabin and Collingwood. So if they can get themselves into reasonable shape, I, I 
reckon they they are a real real live chance to to be the one if there's going to be one to push into the top six this year. We'll be excited to see their development, especially with that start, like we highlighted with Geelong, Port Melbourne under. Uh, under a sort of a, a Sean was bunkle his uh, into his second season. They had a tough year last year, finishing in tenth with three wins, eleven losses. How do you assess their draw, and can they bounce back from their twenty twenty two slump? Yeah, yeah. Their first their first year they did very well. Their, their very first year as a club, they made the finals with a large group of Richmond AFLW players doubling up with them. They didn't have that last year. There was only, I think, I don't think they ever had more than more than a handful that played, and that made things a lot tougher for them. They've had a couple of good results in the preseason, but again, with the with the season being different now to the AFLW, um, you're not going to see a lot of AFLW players playing for any of the clubs throughout throughout the majority of the season. So that gives you know, that puts Port more on a bit of a level playing field. They did drop into that uh, into that bottom group, that bottom four of teams. So their double-up games are against Carlton, Western Bulldogs and Williamstown. Um, we just saw Williamstown look like they could be a, a big improver. But uh, they, they, will, they will see themselves as improving. I expect them to improve. They'll be, they'll be tougher to beat. Carlton, Collingwood, Williamstown, Western Bulldogs in the in the first month of the season gives them a golden opportunity to get off to a to a solid start. Uh, if they can if they can win two or three of those, that gives them some some momentum. Um, but they will want to wrap up a final spot before the last couple of rounds because they play Essendon and Casey in the last two games. Uh, in which they'll be they'll be rank underdogs. So the job once again has to be done early and then through the middle of the year for Port. Not sure if they can make it back up to the six, but they'll certainly be harder to beat than they were last year. That's what we want to see. We're all about seeing development and improvement from one season to the next. And they're only babies in this competition, so there's their best footy as a as a club is still ahead of them and all about developing the talent to come into the team over the next couple of years. Southern Saints will be uh, stinging after the 2022 decider against the Bombers. They'll be led by a new coach this year. And, mate, I will say, with the, the, with the reigning grand finalists for, for both teams, they've, they've, got, uh, they've both got new coaches. Um, <laughs> with Michelle Densley taking over from Dale Robinson, that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's an interesting move by the club after the success they had last year. It is. Well, in, in Brendan Major's case, he was coach of Essendon for for the whole five years of their existence and also coached um, Eastern Devils for a few years before that. So he'd done a great job. He's headed for he's headed for a well-earned break, I believe. Um, Dale Robinson got promoted onto the, onto the St Kilda coaching staff after her wonderful season. So Michelle Densley, it's going to be much of the same. She's a, she's a very, very highly rated coach, highly decorated. She was assistant there to Robinson last year, so it's so it's more of the same uh, continuing on. That run through the finals, which got them to the grand final, yes, the grand final result where they didn't kick a goal is really going to sting and provide some motivation. It also puts them into that top bracket of the fixture, which makes things a bit tougher. They play Box Hill Hawks twice. They play Casey Demons twice. They play Essendon twice. So that's going to make things a bit harder. They've lost 
a couple of in, important players just in the recent trade week, whether they were going to be playing a lot of a lot of football in the um, you know in this season. But they they didn't have a lot of AFLW players last year either. They what they did was they had a settled squad of VFLW players throughout the whole year. And that's what helped them through the finals when the AFLW players from the other clubs went into cotton wool, mm-hmm. the Southern Saints were able to keep rolling through. So they they do have the toughest fixture, as I, as I just mentioned. Three home games in a row from rounds two to four will shape their season, Essendon, Box Hill and Geelong. If they, if they can get through and win a couple of those, they'll be set up for the rest of the year. If they struggle through that period and find themselves potentially, they've got Darabin away in the first game, which they'll start favourite in, they could potentially find the next four tough, Essendon, Box Hill, Geelong, and then Casey. They would really want to be 3-2, 3 at the very, very worst. If they fall to 1-4, it's a long, long, long way back uh, for them. So that's where it'll be decided especially with consecutive away games against the Demons, Bombers and Magpies in rounds five, seven and nine um, and three of the last four on the road too. So uh, if they repeat what they did last year, they well and truly have earned it. So it's an exciting time for the club, especially as we're already seeing the development of coaches going up into the AFL system. So we're already seeing the benefits of the, the VFLW program in that alone. Rieske here takes over from Kirby Bentley in the for the Western Bulldogs, who unfortunately, as you've mentioned a number of times over the last few weeks, that Wilton Nova will not be available. And the, uh, the Bulldogs, who didn't get a, a chance to win a game last year, aside from their opener over at Mars Stadium, they're going to be playing all their home games over at uh, Port Melbourne. What are your thoughts on that, mate? Obviously very tough for the Bulldogs in a in a season where they'll be desperate to bounce back. We know they're coming from a long, long way back and without a home ground, they've got the second hardest fixture as well. Casey out at Ballarat, as you mentioned, in round one. Box Hill in round two. It could be a very hard start to the year uh, for them. We just want we want to see improvement. We want to see development from the from the young team coming through. Um, we want to yeah we want to see green shoots. They're not going to be bouncing back and making the finals. I wouldn't have thought. What they what they haven't officially revealed yet is that they I believe they've got five six potentially a couple more. Uh, players coming down for the season out of the Northern Territory women's competition. Mm-hmm. They that is still to be officially announced, but um, that will help. That will definitely help some experienced heads to come down and help the young girls. We've mentioned Mary Sandrell earlier on as the experience up forward. Um, I'd say I'd say if they can come out and win win a couple of games this year, that'll be a good step forward for them and and something they can build on. We'll be, uh, we'll be watching with great interest. Hopefully they can secure a few wins under their belt. So we turn our attention to the big improvers and pre-season form is pre-season form, but a win is a win and this team is coming with a bullet attached to them or a rocket attached to them. Williamstown and the new coach, Liam Kavanagh, who's replacing Penny Keller-Reed. It seems to be that Liam is doing great things for that footy club and look out. A team that finished 11 last year. 
That they ca- know, knows how to win games, Liam Kavanagh. And he's already shown uh, that already. Stepping in. Sorry? He's already shown that already. He is. He is certainly showing that already. He's, cr- he's crossed over from Coburg. Uh, he was the um, inaugural women's coach at the Lions over the past two seasons. Um, they they were leading, I think, the competition in 2021 when it was called off in the in the uh, Southern League, uh, and then last and then last year they led the ladder all year and lost by a point in the grand final. Uh, so Kavanagh gets his chance. He's brought quite a few of those Coburg girls across to Williamstown with him, bringing that winning culture. That's a that's a really good sign. They've had some terrific wins uh, in the preseason. The first two weeks crucial for them as they try to build a bit of momentum. They play Collingwood away, North Melbourne away in their first two games. If they if they can get through those one uh, one or uh, or even 2-0, because we don't know a lot about what Collingwood's going to produce. North Melbourne started all right. Then they can they can really start to build something. Port Melbourne, Darabin, Carlton, all non-finalists last year. Um, so they 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 look all right. Or if if as I said, if they can get that good start, continue the momentum through that they've had in the preseason, um, they they can they can really make a potential push towards the bottom half of the top six. They don't have to play Essendon, Casey or Geelong away. The three, the the premiers and the two longest journeys in the competition. So that's a win in the fixture for them as well. Yeah, good luck to Liam Kavanagh and the girls there in their, uh, in their bid to produce their best ever season in the Rebel VFLW. Absolutely. It's certainly going to be exciting for them. A lot of the unknown about them, it is making it great to watch and see their development. For those who are watching on YouTube, you can see the Sydney Kings uh, banner plastered behind Rosie there because uh, there's a time of recording we are on the eve. He's got the cap on too. Look at him go. We're all fired up by the NBL. They've got game five tonight here on the Wednesday night, and it's certainly going to be exciting. Uh, so, uh, no doubt, I'm surprised you didn't head up there for to get a ticket, Rosie, but I think getting tickets up there... all my money in Queensland, though. <laughs> That's right. I think getting a ticket up there in Sydney would have just been impossible, given the records that the, the NBL has in, uh, celebrated over the last couple of weeks, but... Nothing like the records we're seeing happening with the VFL with great participation, great crowd numbers. And I'm going to take um, some news coming out of AFL Queensland this week and I'll drop it in because I just want to highlight that football is alive and well in this region. Uh, according to the Oz kick details that have just come out, uh, AFL Queensland has broken all of its previous records and it, in, in terms of its participation, out of all of its numbers, it has a 28% of uh, participants are females, which is the highest in any state in the country. Mate, it is exciting to see, particularly up here, a non-football state breaking records and uh, and growing a participation at grassroots level. Oh, absolutely magnificent. That is that is the best possible news. Music to the ears of anyone who follows football uh, to see. Yeah, Queensland going great guns. New South Wales are going great guns. We haven't got their figures, of course, at the moment, but they're they're producing uh, plenty coming through as well. Uh, and that's what we want. We want footy to be the number one sport. We believe it is. We know we know it's the best game. There's no question about that. Yep. We just need uh, the people who were brought up on other sports 
we understand why they follow the other sports because that's what they were brought up on. That's all they know. But they are, but they are starting to learn, and and it and it starts with the kids, as you mm-hmm. said. It starts with the kids. You bring them through at the bottom. They they introduce them to the game, and they are the ones who support it for life. Their kids come through. It's not a it's not something that happens overnight. You've got to develop it, and and there's been a lot of work go on in both those two states over the last twenty years, thirty years even. Um, to help develop that, and that's that's just magnificent to see. Fantastic, and it's magnificent to uh, to see you, mate, uh, all fired up, uh, especially ahead of Game Five in the NBL, and uh, and what is going to be the final week of practice matches uh, of, of the VFL and VFLW program. Thanks so much for your company, everyone. Make sure you join us on VFL Twenty Three, and I know, mate, you are pumped. You're ready to go. You you cannot wait to to get to your first game in a couple of weeks' time. Are you, have you been doing some practising um, over the last couple of weeks, just sort of in the mirror, in the car, ahead of the preparations? La, 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 <laughs> la, la, la. <laughs> He's ready for a VFLW Grand Final, ladies and gentlemen. There we go. <laughs> Take it to the bank. Thanks so much for your company, everyone. Make sure you join us next week on VFL 23.